You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Jeremiah 52, we will not uh, finish up tonight, but we will at least get started on this chapter. We looked at last week, we looked at God's judgment on the enemies of God's people. And we talked about uh, the Philistines and the Moabites and the Ammonites. And we looked at the uh, Babylonians and how God was judging all of these different nations, the Egyptians. Well, now we get to chapter 52. In chapter 52, uh, in, in, in some ways, it's a repeat of Jeremiah 39. Uh, Jeremiah had already recorded some of this, but I think the reason that he records it again is because this is a reminder to God's people that just as God judged the other nations for their sin, God also had judged His people for their sin. And I want to remind you that yes, the people that are unsaved and the wicked, they will stand before God and they will be judged absolutely. But I want to tell you tonight that God also, He judges His children. Now, I'm thankful that we don't get what we deserve. What we deserve is eternity in a place called hell. And I'm glad the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. But can I tell you, if you and I decide to live in sin and we decide to get away from God I use the example of like the prodigal son uh, or maybe the example of Jonah. Those would be two good examples, a a New Testament uh, parable and an Old Testament prophet. But those are examples that our sin still has consequences and God does judge us and God does deal with his children. And that's what Jeremiah 52 is. It's a reminder that God had judged his people for their sins. Let's look at verse number one. Zedekiah, he was the last king of Judah. Uh, He was probably the worst king. He was probably the weakest king that uh, Judah had. But he was one and 20 years old when he began to reign. And he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. So from the uh, age of uh, 21 to the age of 32, this man was the king of Judah. And he experienced the judgment of God by the Babylonians coming and invading. The Bible says in verse 2, here's the reason for the judgment. He did that which was evil in the eyes of the Lord, according to all that Jehoiakim had done. For through the anger of the Lord, it came to pass in Jerusalem and Judah, uh, till he had cast them out from his presence, that Zedekiah rebelled against the king of Babylon. Now, I know we've been covering this Uh, this series for a long time. We took a break for Christmas uh, and some of Thanksgiving. But remember, God had told his people that they would go into captivity and it would be for 70 years. Some of the people decided they were going to try to fight. They were going to try to resist. And God said, I'm going to liken my people to good figs and bad figs. What's that all about? Well, it was a visual aid. The people could understand that. And he said, the good figs are the ones that surrender and yield to the Babylonians. He said, that's my plan. That's the judgment. He said, the bad figs are the ones that try to run. They try to fight. He said, because those will end up dying. Those will end up 
being executed. And so here we see that this was part of God's plan because they had rebelled against Babylon. Verse 4, And it came to pass in the ninth year of his reign, in the tenth month, in the tenth day of the month, that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came, he and all his army against Jerusalem. And he pitched against it and built forts against it round about. So the city was besieged unto the 11th year of King Zedekiah. For over a year, the, the city of Jerusalem, it was under siege. Nobody was going in, nobody was coming out. The Bible tells us in uh, verse number, uh, where, where are we at here? Verse number six, it says that there was a famine that was sore in the city. It was, it was severe in the city. There was no bread for the people of the land. Now, can you imagine for over a year and you're seeing people starving to death? You're trying to feed your family. You're trying to feed your children. You're just trying to survive. And you know that the Babylonians are out there. They're waiting. The, the whole city's under siege. And by the way, if they would have surrendered, they would have lived. But Zedekiah rebelled against the king of Babylon. And Zedekiah is literally, he's signing the death warrant for many of these people that could have been spared. But because the king said, oh no, nobody's going out. You're not surrendering to them. We're going to stick it out. We're going to wait it out. He brought a lot of the judgment upon himself. And he brought a lot of the, uh, the, the consequences upon himself because he bore responsibility as the king. It says in verse number seven, then the city was broken up. They literally, they broke down the walls of the city. Now, Babylon is not just some little uh, terrorist group. It's not just some you know, little group of rebels. Babylon at the time is the number one power in the world. They have already defeated the Assyrians. They have already now defeated the Egyptians and they have claimed the, the, the fact that they are number one in the world in power. But yet Zedekiah was so stubborn. He was so determined he was not going to do what God told him to do. that he said, I don't care what it costs. I don't care how many lives are lost. I don't care how many people are hurt. I don't care how many people starve to death. I am not going to yield to God. Notice verse number seven, the city was broken up and all the men of war fled. The ones that were left, they, they got out of there. They tried to run for their lives and they went out by the city, uh, went out of the city by night by the way of the gate between the two walls, which was by the king's garden. Now the Chaldeans were by the city round about and they went by the way of the plain. Verse eight, but the army of the Chaldeans pursued after the king and overtook Zedekiah in the plains of Jericho, and all his army was scattered from him. Wow. It all caught up with Zedekiah. He thought he could resist. He thought he could fight. He thought he could hold out. And then when they broke down the wall, he decided he was going to make a run for it. Well, guess what? It caught up to him. God's judgment came true on Zedekiah. They captured him. His army was scattered. And it says in verse 9, Then they took the king, and they carried him up unto the king of Babylon to Riblah, in the land of Hamath, where he gave judgment upon him. 
Now, now picture this setting. They have now conquered Jerusalem. They have captured the king who tried to run and who resisted for over a year. And they bring the king in chains. And they stand him before the king of Babylon. And now the king of Babylon is going to pass judgment on Zedekiah. Boy, this man who had been the king calling the shots, this man who had the power, this man who had the authority is now a prisoner. And he is now at the mercy of the king of Babylon. Do you think the king of Babylon showed mercy? You better believe he didn't. The king of Babylon, the Bible says in verse number 10, here was the judgment. The king of Babylon did not kill Zedekiah. He did worse. He killed the sons of Zedekiah before his very eyes. And can I tell you, as those sons were killed, as they were executed right in front of Zedekiah the king, he had to have been knowing, it's my fault. This is on me. This did not have to end this way. And he literally, he has to watch the execution of his own sons. Then it says that the king of Babylon slew all the princes of Judah, all of the royalty, all of the king's family, everybody that was there that was close to the king. He watches them all get slaughtered in front of his very eyes. And again, had they surrendered, all of those lives could have been spared. Had they obeyed God, all of those people could have lived. They could have been taken captive, but at least they would have been alive. Then verse 11, then he, the king of Babylon, he put out the eyes of Zedekiah. He literally takes a, a spear or takes a sword and literally shoves it into the sockets of Zedekiah's uh, uh, eyes and plucks out his eyes, completely causes Zedekiah to go blind. And he leaves the king of Judah, Zedekiah, a prisoner who is now blind. And the last thing he saw, the last thing he witnessed with his eyes was the death of his sons and the death of his family. And the king of Babylon bound him in chains and carried him to Babylon and put him in prison till the day of his death. Don't you know Zedekiah wished for death? Don't you know he said, I wish that I could just die than to have to live with the regret and to live with the fact that I not only hurt myself, I hurt my people and I hurt my family. Can I tell you, I think there's some lessons we can learn from Zedekiah. Let me give them to you a couple, couple of them quickly. Number one, when we do not do it God's way, we are allowing the destruction of our home. Now, I want to tell you, I, I, know what, I know how we think. We think, well, I can do whatever I want to do. And I can make my choices and I can decide and, and, and you know, hey, it's my life and it's, it's my body and it's my choice and it's all, and, and we can make those decisions say, it's not that big of a deal. I, I know what the Bible says. Yeah, I know what the Bible says, but that's not that big of a deal. Well, I think Zedekiah probably thought it wasn't a big deal either when Jeremiah was preaching to the truth to him. 
But Zedekiah found out the hard way that it destroyed his family. His sons lost their lives. And I want to tell you, uh, our family does not need for us uh, as parents or for some of you as grandparents or, or, or for some of you as, as siblings or children or whatever the relationship, our family does not need us to disobey. Our family needs us to follow God and to stay in the center of his will and to heap blessings upon our family, not curses. If you've been reading through the Bible reading, I think it was last week, there was that passage in Genesis where Laban, he was the father-in-law of Jacob, and he said, Jacob, he said, I have learned by experience that God has blessed me because of you. Can I tell you, there ought to be some people in your life that they're getting the overflow, they're getting the runoff of God's blessing on your life, and they're getting it just because they're in your home. They're getting it because they work with you. They get it because you help them, you encourage them, because you are an influence for good in their lives. Zedekiah was the opposite. Zedekiah brought the curse of God and the judgment of God because of his decisions. Number one, we see the destruction of his family. Number two, we see that Zedekiah lost not only his family, but he lost his vision. He lost his eyesight. But I want to tell you, before he lost his eyesight, before he physically had his eyeballs poked out and, and, and plucked out, he had already lost his spiritual vision. He had already stopped listening to God. He had, he had a prophet. He had a preacher by the name of Jeremiah that delivered the message from God exactly like God told him. So, well, Pastor, whew, if we had that, if we had a message that came directly from God, we would listen. No, you wouldn't, because you've already got a message directly from God, and you get to take it home with you. You don't have to wait for a preacher to open his mouth and start spitting and stomping and hitting the pulpit. You can read it every day. You've got the Word of God, everything that God wants you to have. You've got it in your hand in the Bible, and yet... So many times, we still don't listen. So many times, we tune out what God is trying to say. He lost his spiritual vision. He lost a vision for his family. He lost a vision for his nation. He lost a vision for his position. Just think about the responsibility and think about the potential in a king who could have said, hey, folks, it's time to get back to God. It's time to fall on our faces and it's time to repent and it's time to put on sackcloth and ashes and it's time to cry out to God for mercy. Think about what a king could have done had he had a vision for his people following God. I want to encourage you tonight, don't, don't lose your vision for what God wants to do in your life. We're having in just a few minutes, we're having our workers meeting, but, but, but don't lose your vision for what God wants to do in your ministry. Don't lose the vision for what God can do uh, in, in our nurseries. You say, there's so little. Yeah, but little children grow up and the next pastor of our church could be in the nurseries. The next pastor of our church could be in the teen group. Uh, the next Sunday school teacher, the next deacon, uh, the next choir director, the next great missionary, it could be somebody that right now is under your care and under your instruction. Don't, don't lose 
your vision. And don't destroy those that are coming after us like Zedekiah did. He lost his family. He lost his vision. We'll stop there. We'll finish next week. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.